Elvira, um papa, um papa, um papa, um Elvira. Hey, you here? There you are. Stop it, Dan. I don't have his kind of deepness. Psst. Hey, you here? Yeah, there you are. You're all tuned in and ready to go. Got your ears on? Well, I'm here asking you if you're here. And that's what I do at the beginning of all these episodes of The Paul Leslie Hour. Seriously, though, thanks for choosing to be with us. Oh, we're happy to be with you, too. We got a real icon on this episode. Country singer William Lee Golden is with us. Now, here's the thing. William Lee Golden is a true American original. He was in the famed vocal group, the Oak Ridge Boys, from 1965 to 1987, and then again from 1995 to now, the present day. Last year, he came out with a book, Behind the Beard. William Lee Golden, the autobiography. He's also banded together with his sons and grandchildren in the group William Lee Golden and the Goldens. Another question. Did you know that the Paul Leslie Hour is possible because of you? Uh-huh. That's right. We need viewers, listeners, and patrons of independent media. Just visit us at www.thepaulleslie.com support. And it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. We thank you. Everyone ready? How about Joel? Joel, you ready for this? It's time for William Lee Golden. Go, boys, go! Well, it's good to see you. Yeah. Are you in uh, the great state of Alabama at the moment? I'm actually in Tennessee here at our old home place and just outside of Nashville today. Oh, nice. Well, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Paul. It's, uh, I don't know that we've uh, been on a show together here. This but, is uh, it's good to always the first time to <laughs> be on somebody's show. You know, I've kind of been the quiet one in the group for a while, for most of my life, actually. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, I've stepped out here to uh, talk to you today. Well, it's a it's a great pleasure. You're somebody who, uh, both sonically and visually, you're recognizable in an instant. We're talking with William Lee Golden. He is a real icon in the Oak Ridge Boys, and also. William Lee Golden and the Goldens, which is a, about the best wake up music you can you can possibly have. So thank you <laughs> for being with us. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. I'm honored to be here with you, sir. When you think about your life and all the experiences, all the stages you've taken and all the things that you've done, is there anything that has surprised you? Well, you know, it's uh, a lot of things, I guess. You know, I'm, I'm a kid that grew up on a cotton and peanut farm in South Alabama. And uh, when I left there, I left there as a wide-eyed kid that uh, seeing the world for what it really is. And, uh, you know, it's still that way. I love traveling. I love every day, man. It's like the beauty of the earth that we live on. And, uh 
the beauty of America, man, and it's uh, it's one of the most beautiful places in the whole world. And we've been fortunate with the Oak Ridge Boys that we've uh, also been able to go and see other places and see other countries. You know, we've traveled extensively throughout the world and seeing a lot of other countries, Scandinavian countries, uh, traveling to Europe and uh, playing at different festivals and things. It's, it's been a every day is a learning experience. I feel like it's for that life is a continuous learning experience. And what we learn today, we don't ever know when we might need it, but sometimes you need it in the most out-of-way places that you might ever be. And uh, so I don't think things just happen. I think there's a reason, a purpose for all things that happen. And uh, so I'm just thankful that for life and uh, for having the opportunity that I've had in life and pursuing uh, the opportunities at times, you know, it's things that if you have a vision, sometimes you have to follow those visions. And when you do, it takes you to places uh, that you haven't been. And uh, But again, if you follow your vision and you feel like your visions are taken to the right place, it seems like in everything, you, you see it all fitting together. And there's a reason, a purpose for each day and everything that we're doing and the people that we meet. We never know. Uh, and again, you know, you find out in sometimes in some instances, it seems like a small world. But uh, when you see people and meet people from the opposite corner of the world, and then you realize sometimes that you might have met somewhere else and just what a small world it can be. But uh, anyhow, it's what I've done is uh, in my life is... Uh, I basically followed my visions throughout life, and it's taken me to this point. And it was even back in the early years with the Oak Ridge Boys, you know, when I was a clean-cut-looking guy. <laughs> GQ, uh, I was at that time still following my visions, visions that I had as a younger man, but yet followed them. There was long periods of time that people – I remember in the early days, the first 10 years I was with the Oak Ridge Boys, you had a lot of people tell you what you should do and shouldn't do and what you should pursue and not pursue. And uh, people that didn't think that the Oak Ridge Boys would ever have a chance to do what we've done. And people that tried to discourage you along the way and push you in other directions, tried to... Uh, Make you lose your focus, you know, sometimes. Uh, anyhow, you got to keep your focus. You can't be distracted and you can't be led off side roads down either side to uh, keep you away from the path that we've chosen in life. And to me, it was, uh, I chose to leave the farms and come with Oak Ridge Boys to sing songs and sing harmonies and and to uh, pursue singing music as a career. And I dedicated my every day to that purpose. And, uh, I remember along the way, the first 10 years, 
You had a lot of naysayers that would uh, try to tell you that you'll never make it. What you're doing now, this group won't ever be popular. And uh, a lot of things people tell you, but I still couldn't believe the negative thoughts that some people might say sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think that I had, I never lost my focus of what I could see until, and I feel like it's the same thing in success. You know, a lot of people have what they call an overnight success. Uh, they have a big hit record and it makes people that didn't have a big name all at once. Uh, they have a big hit record and it makes them a household name. Mm. And some people can't handle that success. Some people never thought they would ever have it anyway and couldn't see it to begin with, but yet they're in that place. And it seems like that if you can't see it, you can't hold on to it. It's the way I felt in life, you know, and I mean, it's, it's, you work hard to reach those plateaus in life, in your career. And, uh, and you find out along the way, you know, hit records are, one of the keys to the entire business and it certainly makes uh it makes the pathway easier if you have a few hit records and we were fortunate to be with the right people to help us get with the right record companies and having jim hall to manage the oak ridge boys at a time when he could see further down the road than we could see at that time yeah, again, he's also a visionary guy. Jim Holmes has always been a visionary man. And he took our visions. I would share with him things I could see that we could be doing. And he could see it too. And then he would get excited and tell you what else with that we could also do. And he was right. He, he opened our world up to a wider, bigger world. In fact, uh, it was Jim Halsey managing the Oak Ridge Boys. He was also managing Roy Clark. And uh, Jim Halsey's the guy that put that package together and took the Oak Ridge Boys and Roy Clark to Russia uh, in 1976, where we saw uh, on a cultural exchange program. I think we must have got Yakov smeared off, and uh, they sent us over there to sing for the Russians. So, uh, Anyhow, it was an educational experience for me. You know, you've heard of the uh, Iron Curtain and the people behind the curtain, and you're hearing about their form of government and government control and total control and and uh, the freedoms that people lose there. Mm -hmm. It was an educational experience for me because I come back to this country a lot more patriotic than I did when I left this country. Uh, when you see the reality of the truth of what communism did to the people in Russia and what communism does wherever it flows, but it, was, uh, it was an eye-opening experience for me. Like I say, I come from simple, meager background. Uh, hard-working farmers. I remember before we had electricity as a young boy. Uh, when my dad 
had views he was farming with, but he kept growing. We got electricity. He bought tractors. But it was growing in life. It was people that uh, you don't start out at the top in any form of business. Uh, same thing in the music business. You have to learn all aspects of it to begin with. And uh, then you've got to, how much are you willing to sacrifice of who you are and your time to go to the places that it takes to take your music? And again, the Oak Ridge Boys this year in 2022, we have on the books 142 dates, I think. Incredible. So uh, and we normally do about 150 dates, but earlier in the year, there was a few dates that kind of got postponed because of a resurging of the pandemic hmm. or the virus. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, we've been fortunate during the pandemic. We were all sent home, right. told to go home, lock your doors, put on two masks. If anybody knocks on your door, climb under the bed. So uh, <laughs> we yeah. listened to that craziness for two or three weeks. And I had to turn that crap off. Negative, hate-filled newscast with Americans hating Americans, everybody hating everybody, and violence everywhere, all in our cities. Uh, it was uh, crazy. So I had to turn that off after a couple of weeks of trying to figure out why we were all sent home and where the virus is and how it started. But uh, it's all these old songs that started flooding my mind and my soul and my heart. And I called my family together. I called my sons, who are extremely talented musicians and singers and songwriters. And we got together and sang old songs, old gospel songs where I started the songs that I learned, the first songs that I learned that my sister and my mother taught me. I went back to those songs and started all over of us playing them here and singing them around the piano, playing our instruments. And, uh, and we started recording these old songs. And with my sons during the pandemic, we recorded 34 songs, a gospel album, an old classic country album, and my kids singing these old country rock songs, you know. I sang uh, The Long and Wind Road, Paul McCartney song. Chris sang Tom Petty's Southern Accent. Uh, Rusty sang Bob Seger's Hollywood Nights. My son, Craig, he did Craig uh, Allman's Multicolored Lady. And, but we put all these things, and we would harmonize with each other. And... Uh, Again, man, it was a healing process for our family. Uh, during a pandemic, we found music healing for us, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritual healing that we went through during a pandemic. It brought us closer together as a family. Sometimes as we get older and life goes on and everybody's pursuing their own personal careers, you... Uh, you lose touch with your family that you don't get to see each other as often as you would love to. And you miss that. But the pandemic forced us to all be home. I called and said, come on over. <laughs> we got to get together as a family. 
let's sing and let's sing music here. We don't have anything else to do or nowhere to go. Let's sing some songs and play some music. And every day we would get together and play songs and sing songs and make music. And it was through that. A few months we were doing that. But I turned off the TV and the negative hate on news and kept it off when I was around. But uh, we went back to the music that has the healing power. And that's where we found our healing. Mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual healing was through singing old songs. And uh, so the results, we we have, like I say, I did five major uh, projects during the pandemic and finished, started and finished five major projects. I did an album with the Oak Ridge Boys, Front Porch Singing, that Dave Cobb produced top Great. producer in Nashville and I did the uh, three albums with my sons and I uh, got together with Scott England a guy that comes out of television and uh, he was a TV writer host and producer out of Illinois he moved to Nashville to work with RFD TV rural American television and uh he uh, asked me about writing a book. He had written a book on five or six other big country stars, and uh, I turned him down two or three times. And then one during the pandemic, uh, he called me again, and I said, okay, I'm up for it. I, I don't have any excuses now. I'm not heading out of town. We can talk. And we got together ever three or four times a week. We'd get together for a couple of hours. He would come over here and we'd sit on the front porch. He would lay a little recorder down there, a little small thing. He'd walk, set that on a table between us. We'd sit there and talk for a couple of hours. <laughs> a couple of days later, he'd come back with his pad and more questions. And I told him, I said, Scott, you can talk to, you know, I'm a slow talker. Sometimes I don't remember a lot of the facts, but sometimes I do. I said, so you're welcome to go to anybody that we talk about and get their side of these stories because uh, it's better to get two different views of what's going on. You can kind of see the better picture of what's actually happening. And he did. He talked to the Oak Ridge boys, talked to my kids, talked to my uh, ex-wife, and uh, talked to my first wife. Talked to my fourth wife, found pictures of all my wives, and anyhow, they got into some, my first wife told some things that I would not probably, I would not have gotten into if she hadn't got into it, and uh, she told about <laughs> my unfaithfulness and, uh, and things that happened, and uh, I learned things myself, what was going on behind the scenes, and when she hadn't got my girlfriend together and uh, they approached me to find out who I love. And I was telling two women that I love them and I do. Uh, there's a chapter in my book called Trying to Love Two Women. <laughs> it's a song that I recorded that Sonny Throckmorton wrote. But I recorded it with the Oak Ridge Boys. It was a number one country record. And at that time in my life, it was kind of my life story. 
Ron Chancey, the record producer, knew that, and he wanted me to sing the song. So uh, anyhow, there's a chapter in my book about that. And uh, But life is good, and uh, I wouldn't take anything for any any of it, really, you know, there's traveling is it's not for the weak. Uh, you got to be again. You got to keep your focus. If you're going to uh, keep your sanity, you got to keep your focus. And so, it's when we would get together to do long Christmas tours, which sometimes we would take us away from home for like four weeks at one time, right? Eating leading up to Christmas, a time you needed to be home, you're gone. And uh, so it's those grueling tours like that, I really had to get my focus before I left home. And it's like you're going down a long tunnel. you got to look at that light way at the other end of the tunnel. And that's what you've got to reach but that was the uh, at the end of the tour I knew we'd get time at home and we'd get two or three weeks off to be with the family so it was that that you kept waiting on and uh, you could you could sacrifice as long as you know that you had a good time to be home with your family at the end of the tour now we've had quite a few of our, our viewers and listeners who have said, well, Paul, what about having uh, one of the Oak Ridge boys on? Uh, so I'd like to give a, a shout out to a few of them, including Joel, especially Joel. But um, that makes me wonder when you encounter fans of, of the Oak Ridge boys or, you know, now it's going to be also William Lee Golden and the Goldens fans. Is there a particular uh, thing that you think defines the interactions you have with people who love this music? What are those kinds of meetups like? For me, uh, it's a good meetup. Uh, I'm a fan. <laughs> That's the reason uh, I'm here. I'm a fan of music. I'm a fan of great singers, great songwriters, great performers. People that give it their all. I still buy tickets to go see concerts. I've always bought tickets to go see concerts. I've taken my kids to go see concerts. I would go see rock and roll shows and take my kids to them. And uh, that's how we spent our times together would be going to concerts and things. So... For them to love music, uh, I like that because I've had a passion for music all my life. And I've, again, it, it brings me great joy. Great, and it also is soothing to my soul. And uh, there's a melody for every emotion, if you stop and think about it. Yeah. But uh, anyhow... Music, uh, I chose to leave the farm and to follow my visions and my dreams and follow my passion of singing and tried to surround myself with people that were more talented than I am. 
And uh, so I've been able to do that. The guys I play and sing with, they're all more talented than I am. But uh, I'm probably the guy that loves it the most, though. <laughs> you mentioned a moment ago a name, uh, a past guest on this show, Sonny Throckmorton, one of our great songwriters. And yeah. The you know I was looking at the some of the tracks and listening to some of the tracks from this William Lee Golden and the Golden's record, and I was thinking you got and and it, actually I mean you could say this about all the Oak Ridge Boys records too. Some of the best writers are represented by the stuff that you all interpret. I mean everything from Johnny Cash to Throckmorton, as you said. Could you tell us about some of your favorite all-time writers? Well, Chris Christopherson is one of my favorites. Uh, I think I wound up recording three of Christopherson's songs. I recorded uh, Me and Bobby McGee. I recorded uh, Aaron McCune saying, Why Me, Lord? We recorded that. And then I recorded For the Good Times, a song that Ray Price had. And, uh, and I also recorded like three of Hank Williams songs. So, uh, and I recorded, uh, I recorded uh, a song, Send Me the Pillow That You Dream On, that was written by Hank Lachlan. Hank Lachlan grew up in the same town that I did in Bruton, Alabama. So, uh, I wanted to honor Hank because he was also a good friend and he was a life, he was a long time member of the Grand Ole Opry. And so uh, his friendship meant a lot to me and I always loved his songs. Since I was a kid, I loved that song and uh, I used to ride the tractors to sing that song. I'd sing to the fields. And, uh, anyhow, it was songs like that, but I also recorded uh, Johnny Cash's song, I Still Miss Someone. And it's, uh, I did uh, a song called Welcome to My World. It's uh, Jim Reeves that had the song out. And, uh, and, you know, it's just these old songs that touched my life during my life. Some of them I'd never sang, but yet it was the time that I took the liberty to sing them during mm. a pandemic and brought them back to life and put my interpretation to them. Songs like The Long and Winding Road, Paul McCartney song. So, uh, but there's a lot of great writers, man. Uh, and just, again, The Long and Winding Road is a great song. It can fit different music formats to me. I mean, it was a pop song, but it's also a great song. And uh, you can add other instrumentation to it. And it's a great country song. So, uh, it's important to who the singer is sometimes about a song. What do you think makes a great song a great song? It's where uh, the writers seem to have been. Uh, there's an anointing that comes from a higher power than we are sometimes. And, uh, a lot of people give God the glory for giving them that anointment. And, uh, but a good song is a song that uh, t 
touches you when you first hear it. It paints a picture that you relate to. And a good song is a song where not only the words, but the melodies are also expressing the thoughts and the feelings of that those words. And, uh, I'm not a great songwriter, but in the past uh, year I have written a song myself. But uh, And my mother was a poet. Hmm. And uh, my son, Rusty, he's written, he's had five number one gospel songs that he's written. So uh, my mother, like I say, was a great poet. She wrote two or three songs. and uh, But I felt like that I was too shy and timid and uh, felt too embarrassed to write my thoughts and feelings down in melodies and songs. And so, but I've always loved great writers that inspire me and makes me want to sing their songs. Hmm. And it's, it's, again, I feel uh, timid and shy about, you know, songwriting is uh, you're putting your heart on the line, basically. Hmm. And, uh, so maybe I've been too shy about that in life. And, uh, but, and, questioning my own ability and talent as a writer. So, uh, but again, it's something that I have the utmost love and respect for great songwriters. And, uh, without them, we wouldn't have a song to sing. Some of us wouldn't. Has there been a compliment that you've received through the years that you would say was the best compliment, something that meant the most to you? I don't get a lot of compliments, but uh, there are some that do. And, uh, I still get some occasionally that uh, compliments of my interpretation of songs. It's, but it's, I interpret it the way I feel it. Mm -hmm. it's, to me, songs are about a feeling. Can you feel it or do you feel it? And that's it to me is, uh, do I feel it? And when you feel it, you know, you feel it, but that's the thing about a great song is I have to get myself into the song to where it becomes my song. And you go there with the song. The song's got everything you feel that you need and it's got it all. All it needs is interpreting them. And, uh, but yeah, man, there's a lot of great writers in this. That's what the entire music business is. That's the foundation of music business of writers. There's something, it's probably a little obscure, but I know a lot of my viewers out there are wondering about this. There is a rumor that the, there's a Jimmy Buffett track, not so much a, a rumor, but it's called my head hurts, my feet stink, and I don't love Jesus. But was were, was that the Oak Ridge Boys that was singing back up on that? That was the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> do you that remember when, that? Uh, I do. I remember that. I remember Jimmy Buffett. He was. Uh, I remember when Jimmy Buffett was uh, before he had his record deal. Uh, we'd see Jimmy Buffett at uh, Don Light's office. And, He'd be up in Don's office upstairs, Don Light's 
building. Don Light was a a record. He was a he actually him and Jim, Jimmy Buffett actually had two things in common. They had both worked with Billboard magazine. Uh, Don Light had been a writer and a reviewer for Billboard magazine in Nashville, and I think Jimmy Buffett wound up doing the same thing, having the same, uh, you know, uh, listening to songs and whatever's going on in the music, reporting on what's happening today in Nashville and what's happening in the music business and what's happening with the songs. So they both worked with Billboard magazine and uh, they were close friends and you'd see them uh, and every afternoon it seemed like Jimmy Buffett would be over there by Don Light studio and they'd be upstairs and Don Light like Budweiser and uh, Beastwood Jade's Budweiser, God would say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they knew each other and we saw Jimmy Buffett a lot and it was uh, him and his producers there. And uh, they asked us one day, would we, uh, they'd like for us, the producer wanted us to sing a song on Jimmy Buffett's song. And uh, my head hurts, my feet stinks, and I don't love Jesus. So it was a hangover song. Very interesting. Well, uh, if you thought about your life and all the experiences that you've had, what would you say is the best thing about being William Lee Golden? Being a father, actually, uh, I'm a father four times. I've got four sons, and I've got uh, seven grandkids. I got three great grandkids, uh, but a lot of other things I've done. Uh, I was a guy that probably sometimes got into a little. I like to party after hours too much, maybe. So uh, sometimes it was uh, running, burning candle at both ends. And you're here today, and then you got to leave in time at 2 a.m. And sometimes, you know, you're trying to make it there, but you're maybe a few minutes late because you're somewhere partying. So, but yeah, we all stayed on time, really. We all. No one got left behind. I always like to give my guests the last word uh, of the broadcast. I let them just take the microphone. I do hope we, we catch up again sometime soon. But uh, what would you say to anybody who's, who's tuned in to this broadcast? I say follow your visions, man. and Don't let people talk you out of it. It's, uh, if you have a passion in your heart and you have it from a young age, uh, don't let life slip by and put it all off too long. Uh, you know, it's, I'm, I have followed my passions and my dreams and my visions mainly, but, uh, it was things you could see, but follow your passions and your dreams and, uh, don't allow people to talk you out of it. Because you, uh, you got to keep your own focus. Other people can't focus for you. You have to keep your own focus. And you don't allow people to distract you or lead you down 
side road here, a side road there, but roads that take you away from where the road that you've chosen in life. Hmm. Well put. Well, one more thing, you know, people could say about you, they could define you as a singer, as a recording artist, uh, as a performer. How would you define William Lee Golden? Well, you know, I'm a guy that's, I sing harmony, a lot of harmony. I like to lift the other guy up to, I like to surround myself with great talent and let them give them a platform to uh, be themselves and to reach their potential. We're all out here together. That's the way I always figured it. And uh, everybody is sacrificing to be away from home. So let's make the most of it and let's give everybody an opportunity to uh, be who they are since they're sacrificing too. And it's a shared it's a shared success, usually, if you make success. I don't know of anybody that's done it all on their own. It's uh, regardless of the name, there may be a big name, but it took a lot of people around that person, that, helping that person to achieve their goals and to uh, not be distracted. Well, William Lee Golden. Thank you so much for coming on here. A pleasure and an honor. Paul, thanks for letting me be on your show. And uh, maybe we can do it again sometimes if you feel like that uh, there's something that I might have to say that you might be interested in hearing an opinion on. I love it. Thank you, sir. Yes, God sir. bless. God bless you and have a great day. You as well. All right. Adios. You know, the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by people like you, listeners, viewers. Please go to thepaulleslie.com slash support, and you'll know what to do when you're there. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who contributes. Performance of The Entertainer intro song by John Primerano. And, of course, this is your announcer speaking. See you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.